Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. to you wherever you're listening to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, the final show of 2019. And uh, we're going to have uh, a repeat of an interview that I did back in September. But of course, this segment and the final segment of the program will be new as well. A little uh, sugar and I can't change your mind. That is from uh, Bob Mould, who was, uh, of course, with Husker Du and loved Husker Du, but I loved his stuff with this band Sugar. Uh, that he did. In fact, uh, got a chance to uh, interview him a number of years ago, about 20 years ago. For those of you who don't know, Bob Mould actually wrote pro wrestling, which I thought was really cool. So we had him on a wrestling show that I was doing, and uh, we got to talking about his music and, and all kinds of stuff, and it was a lot of fun. It's just a great conversation learning about uh, music and wrestling. And uh, Bob Mould is just one of those talents that, uh, you know, multi-talented. Who knew that a guy, a musician could also, you know, write wrestling? I mean, it's they're not exactly the same thing, you know what I'm saying? So coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to have a replay of author Joshua Bernstein. He joined me in the studio back in September to talk about his new book, Drink a Better Beer. And uh, we're going to discuss the book, the beer business in general, uh, and lots of other stuff. Uh, and it's definitely a book that if you haven't had a chance to pick up a Christmas present for somebody because it's after Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, go pick this book up. It is uh, a really good book and uh, will educate you in terms of beer. That's going to come up in about 10 minutes from now. So a couple of quick news notes. Heavy Seas Beer, uh, about a week or so ago, introduced a brand new offering that's coming up in 2020. It's called Hydra's Haze. It's a hazy IPA. It's a limited release. It'll be available in 12-ounce cans and on draft uh, coming up in January in all states where Heavy Seas Beer is distributed. It's one of their haziest beers yet. Uh, they say it's brewed with a ridiculous amount of Citra, Galaxy, and Enigma hops, and it clocks in at a 6% ABV with a 68 uh, IBU. So kudos to uh, Heavy Seas. New beer coming up right on the horizon uh, in 2020. Another thing that I saw online, which I thought was interesting, so and not surprising with Samuel Adams and Dogfish Head, and I don't know when this beer is coming out, they are doing a collaboration with Worldwide Stout and Utopias. So it'll be interesting to find out when this beer is coming out. I'm guessing it's going to come out at some point mid-year of of next year. And I'm wondering if the stout is being blended in barrels that previously held Utopias. As soon as I get more details on that, uh, I will certainly let you know. But uh, one thing that I did want to talk about, and I hadn't had a chance to talk about it in the last couple of weeks. We had a, day, we had a, a week off in December where the show wasn't on, and I wasn't able to talk about it, but... Uh, back in early December, a friend of the show, John Cocosa, had invited me to his opening night of Ross Brewing 
Uh, they were debuting their beers in New York City, and he had it over at Death Avenue Brewing Company on 10th Avenue in the 30s in Manhattan. And i got to tell you, I'm very impressed. I'd heard a lot of talk about Ross Brewing. Uh, they're going to be opening a facility in Monmouth County, uh, prob- I would say, I'd say summertime of next year. And um, John had asked me, actually, John had invited me to, event, to an event a while ago, probably, it had to be about a year and a half ago, where he had invited me, I think it was to his house, he was sampling beers uh, that he had brewed and was getting ready to open uh, Ross Brewing. And I, I couldn't go, I had something else, I had another event going on, couldn't make it there. Finally got a chance to join him on his uh, podcast, his Point Blank podcast, which operates out of a shared universe studios down in Eatontown. Uh, Ming from um, uh, Comic Book Men has put this enormous studio together. It's a couple of different rooms uh, down in Eatontown. Really phenomenal. Professional broadcasting equipment. It's a comic book geek uh, dream. There, there's so many different things that are in there that you can you know, kind of touch and hold and whatever, and it's, it's really super cool. But anyway, he had invited me on the podcast. Uh, we had talked about beer, obviously, talked about comics and TV and all kinds of stuff. And he had said, listen, we're getting ready to, to, to launch the beer. But he had to go about it in a little different way, and I want to get John on the program early next year to kind of talk about it and flesh it out a little bit more. But essentially, he got his license to brew beer or and distribute – I shouldn't say brew beer. He got his license to distribute his beer in New York City. His New Jersey license is coming very soon. And so um, he brewed his beer. He, it's like a limited license. So he, can, he can brew the beer in New Jersey, but he can't sell it there yet. But he can sell it in New York. So they had it at uh, Death Avenue Brewing Company. They had a number of different beers on tap. I had the uh, chance to drink three of them. A couple of the others I didn't get a chance to. I had to run to another party. But I got a chance to drink the Navisink IPA, uh, their Shrewsbury Lager, which are both available in cans, and the Passaic Porter. I have to tell you, very impressed with all three beers. Uh, The IPA was very good, uh, more of a West Coast type of IPA than an East Coast IPA, which was great. The lager was very tasty, uh, had a nice maltiness to it, a little bit bready on it, you know, perfect lager. Uh, and uh, the Passaic Porter was actually really good, definitely a um, a dessert type of beer for after dinner, and uh, always good to drink a porter or a stout, obviously, uh, in December and, and January when the, when the weather is cold and you want something to warm you up. So I got a chance to try those three. They had some other ones. They had a uh, Raritan Red Rye, Manasquan Wit. They had a Snack IPA, which I didn't get a chance to try. Um, a Blackberry Manasquan Wit and a Mango Snack IPA. Didn't get a chance to try those. Uh, but uh, the the display was great. Everything was perfect. I mean, they really did a nice job uh, putting this entire event together. And uh, so what they're doing is they're they're uh, they currently have their cans and their draft in New York City. Uh, they are going to be available in New Jersey very soon. I would say January, February, more like February, uh, because of the way licensing is. And you know, he's got to you got to go through all of this bureaucracy and nonsense in order to get your license. So uh, I think he's brewing mostly at Cyprus right now. And eventually they're going to be opening probably uh, summertime. He said summertime in Monmouth County they'll be opening uh, their brewery. Nice big place. Going to be a lot of fun, he told me. And uh, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to the opening because I really want to go down there uh, and check it out and obviously check out some of their other beers. But their cans right now, Shrewsbury Lager and Navisink IPA, available on draft and in cans now. If you see them in New York City, definitely pick them up. You're supporting a local brewery. Uh, But kudos to John. It was a great party. Um, A long journey, as he said, uh, to get to this point where, um, you know, brewing beer and being able to sell it and a dream come true for him. 
Um, and it's it's one of those things where you want to see uh, small business succeed. And it's funny because I was talking to another brewer, Pipe uh, 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 from uh, Eight Mile Brewery, and we got to get. He's another guy we got to get on the show. He's sending me some beers uh, that I will be reviewing in the uh, you know in the new year in January. But anyway, Pete and I were talking about how uh, New Jersey is so anti-business, or I shouldn't say anti-business, anti-small business. And I've talked about it on the program before, and it bears uh, noting again here at the end of 2019, New Jersey is not a good place to do small business. The taxes and the regulations and the legislation that you have to go through in order to get your licenses and stuff is cost prohibitive. And I'm not just talking about beer. I'm talking about restaurants. I'm talking about little boutiques, all different types of things. They really prevent you from doing small business in New Jersey. And it's ridiculous because if you really think about it, the state of New Jersey continues to raise taxes on people. uh, And they should be doing everything in their power to bring in small businesses at a better tax rate. I think New Jersey's tax rate is like one of the worst in the country. I think think only New York is, is... is worse, you know, in terms of, you know, the rankings of states. I think New Jersey's 48th or something, and and Jersey and uh, New York is uh, 50th or something like that. But they're at the very bottom, right? So they should be tailoring the tax laws to help people to open up small businesses. I know Bolero Snort's going to be opening soon. They had to jump through hoops. Uh, and and the other thing that, um, that a number of people have brought up to me, and I'm not going to mention names, but brewers have brought this up to me, uh, already, I've I've talked to probably five or six different brewers in New Jersey. When the ABC enacted their new regulations, other cities in other states were reaching out to these breweries, saying, "Listen, you come down to us, move all your equipment. We will give you a tax break for five years. We'll give you a tax break for ten years. You won't have to pay this, that, and the other thing. We want your business." You have other states reaching out to breweries that are telling them, "Hey, come to us, and we're going to take care of you." New Jersey doesn't do that. Now, on the flip side, New York has done that for breweries. Governor Cuomo, and I give him credit, he has done things to change the brewery culture in New York to help breweries thrive. And they are thriving. There are at least three times as many breweries in New York as there are in New Jersey. And the reason why there aren't in New Jersey is because the laws are so archaic. They need to change. It needs to be legislated. It needs to be taken care of in Trenton as opposed to having one person rule over everybody. That's the bottom line. I and mean, that's how I feel about it. It really needs to change. So the, 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 the more important thing is you need to talk to your, your local politicians, your local legislators, and find out where they stand about craft beer in New Jersey. And if, they don't, if they're not on the side of, of craft brewery and small business, then you need to vote them out uh, when they're up for elect, re-election. Bottom line. Now, when we come back, a replay of author Joshua Bernstein, who joined me in studio for two segments back in September to talk about his new book, Drink Better Beer. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The staff at AM 970, The Answer, would like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. Hi, everyone. This is Jerry Crowley, General Manager at Salem Media. And I'm Laura Schaefer, National Sales Manager at Salem Media. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And a happy and healthy New Year to all. Merry Christmas and a happy New Year. From AM 970, The Answer. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. This is a story about a battle. Believe it or not, it's a real-life battle that happens every day all around us, and sometimes people don't win. Sometimes stockings are still empty at Christmas morning, kids go to bed hungry, or don't go to bed at all because they don't have a home or even a place to sleep. That's why we are partnering with the Salvation Army because they fight for good. With the help of generous people like you, we can help the Salvation Army fight to put food on tables, presents under the tree, and joy in the hearts of our neighbors most in need. So today, I'm asking you to go to Team970.org. Please help us reach our goal of $24,000 by year's end at Team970.org. Whether you give a little or a lot, every dollar does a world of good in your community. Consider a gift of $25, 50 bucks, or even $100. Love has an army. Together with the Salvation Army, we can continue doing the most good. On January 10th, they convicted an innocent man. Michael B. Jordan. Your life is still meaningful, and I'm going to do everything possible to keep them from taking it. Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx. You don't know what it is down here when you're guilty from the moment you're born. And Academy Award winner Brie Larson. I don't want my son growing up knowing that his mom stopped doing what was right just because she was scared. You ain't quitting, is you? No, sir. Just Mercy, hated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now playing in select theaters. Everywhere January 10th. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Larry Elder, and over the last few months, my fellow talk show host and I have been speaking across the country at the War for America's Soul tour. Thousands of people have attended these sold-out events. We've discussed attacks against our Constitution, radical socialism, open borders, and other matters affecting our country. You need to hear the truth about what's at stake ahead of our next presidential election. You can now watch the events on demand or even buy the DVD. Go to WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com Watch the Joe Piscopo live stream Tuesday nights 6 to 10. Available on Facebook, YouTube, and AM970TheAnswer.com Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer you can follow me on Twitter very easily at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A double T U double L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, or just say to your Amazon ready device, uh, Alexa, I want to hear the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy the answer, and bingo, you get to hear us right there. Or on Mondays, you get to hear us over at the hoppedupnetwork.com. There's a plethora of beer and music-related uh, podcasts that are on there. You can find mine, click on it, and can listen to the show 
at your leisure. Now, my guest, who's kind enough to join me in studio for a few segments as we chat about his new book, it's called Drink Better Beer, Discover the Secrets of the Brewing Experts. You can order the book over on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Got lots of things to talk about with this guy. For more info, check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. But let me welcome into the studio on the Craft Beer Cast, uh, Josh Bernstein. Josh, thanks so much for coming in. How are you? Yeah, happy to be here, Al. Excellent. Now, the beer scene is becoming more and more confusing confusing for some. How can we make it simple for folks to buy beer to drink and enjoy? You know, I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, just the idea of having a beer that tasted different was really enough to set it apart. And I mean, that's not really the case anymore. You walk into any grocery store, corner bodega, wherever you go, and you're presented with dozens, if not hundreds of different options. So I think there's some easy ways you can think about, like, how does the store take care of the beer? Is the beer refrigerated? You know, is it sitting in sunlight? So there's really simple cues you can take if you take one more second to think before you make a purchasing decision and start drinking. Right. And and so uh, let me ask you that. Is it better to have the beer refrigerated, or is it better to have it just sitting out, you know? Because to me, I always think, it should be refrigerated, but we get shipped, you know, beers to sample all the time. Most of the time, they're not refrigerated. They still taste fine, but it, but is it better to have it refrigerated as opposed to just sitting out on the shelf? You know, something like an IPA or something with a lot of, like, hot profile, the heat's going to make that degrade pretty rapidly on there, too. So you want those to be pretty cool, nice in the refrigerator, but it's not like beer is not like milk. It's not going to spoil and go bad immediately if you right. keep it out in your car or ship it to somebody to do this and that, too. I mean, it's just sort of like general rules. Like, would you want... A, a what temperature would you want to have your food at? And so you mm. think about that for the beer. So I try to refrigerate every single one of my beers altogether. But stuff like uh, barley wines, big imperial stouts, things like that can definitely stay on like a rack, wine cooler, wherever. I think the general rule is the higher the ABV, the less likely it needs to be refrigerated. Okay. And so and so many beer geeks love to buy a beer, not drink it at that moment. They want to they age it for a few years before cracking it open. What's the best way to do that, and do you think it's a good idea to sell a beer in general? Eh, whatever. <laughs> I kind of think about, you know, I used to think about selling beer in a big way, too, but it's kind of a crapshoot. Are you selling 10 different beers then right. figuring them out, opening them up every six months, like taste the evolution of theirs as well? I mean, mm-hmm. if any brewery sells a beer to you, it's ready to be drank right away. And mm-hmm. so you can save it for a rainy day if you want, but, I mean, there's no sense or this not a really deep understanding of five years from now, today is going to be even better than it is today. Right. It's funny because Stone had come out with a beer a couple of years ago that they wanted people to age it for a year and see what happens. I remember it was in a yellow bottle. I remember buying it, and I remember I just stuck it in my basement. I said, you know what, let me just put this away and see what happens. And I remember it was like, enjoy by, and I think they had the date was like April of 2017. Yeah. And coincidentally, I had gotten diagnosed with cancer, so I couldn't even enjoy it right away anyway. And then um, it was a couple of months after that that I finally decided to crack it open. And it was interesting. It did taste... You know, different to me a little bit, but but I was like, you know what? What if I had bought a bottle and just opened it right away? It would have been interesting to see the difference between one to the other, you know? Yeah, I think, too. I mean, there's definite. I think that one had wild yeast in there, too. So Correct. wild yeast will have a deep evolutionary impact on the flavor and profile of the beer, too. But something like a... Uh, you know, a bourbon barrel-aged stout, some flavors may get more complex. Things may change over time as well. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm of the, I used to save a lot more beers. I'm of the opinion that like, today's as good a day as any to drink right. a beer because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Exactly. We're talking with author Joshua Bernstein. He's written a new book called Drink Beer Better, Discover the Secrets of the Brewing Experts. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more info, check out his website, uh, website excuse me, at joshuambernstein.com. We're here on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. One of the things you talk about in the book, Josh, 
Why is it so important to have the right glass to drink your craft beer with? You know, I think having the right glassware and the right way of actually pouring the beer in there can really impact the way that you appreciate the beer, too. I mean, look, it's not going to say if you've got a mason jar or a plastic cup, I'm not going to say I don't drink this beer at all. I mean, any glass is better than no glass. Right. But I really think you should think about pouring the beer in there expresses a lot of the carbon dioxide that makes the beer easier to drink. I hear people complain all the time, like, you know, beer makes me feel bloated and full. Are you drinking it out of a bottle and can or are you pouring it out? Pouring it out makes it express the CO2 and then you get a nice, beautiful head, which traps the aromatics and just makes it so much more of an interesting experience for people. And so I think... Uh, um, having a couple of good glasses around, I mean, can go a big way to making you enjoy the beer more. Right. And I mean, look, we drink with our eyes before we drink with our mouths and hits our stomach. And so why not make that? You had this great beer. Why not have a great glassware, too? Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting. In the book, I believe you say if you don't have those glasses and you have a wine, you have a wine glass, it's just as good as, as long as you're pouring it into something. Right. Yeah, as long as you're pouring into something. I mean, look, I think that, look, it's totally okay to drink something out of a can or bottle. I'm not that much of a snob about anything. But for me at home, I always try to pour the beer out possible. I think you get a lot more sense of uh, its aromatics, its color, its hue, and all these things. I mean, it's kind of like the brewer spent all this time creating a beer that looks a certain way, smells a certain way, too. So why not look at it and enjoy it before you put it in your body? Right, and they want you to enjoy it out of a glass. Nobody's telling you, yeah, just crack it and, you know, and have one, and, and it doesn't matter. But... Now, let me, let me ask you this, Josh. I walk into a gastro pub that I've never been to before, and there's, there's plenty in New York City. There's plenty all over the country. What are the things that I have to look for in order to make sure that the beer being served to me is done properly? So you're walking to a bar, you know, I would definitely like to see them wash the glass out beforehand, too. Mm-hmm. Washing it out there, you know, you get rid of any lingering dust, prepares the beer, the foam. The beer goes in there a lot easier if the glass is washed out. I don't want to see a frozen glass at all because I think yeah. frozen glass, you know, I mean, there's a reason stuff like Coors Light tells you drink it as cold as the Rockies because cold temperatures make uh, make like basically dampen down the aromas. And so if you have a beer that doesn't smell like much, taste like much, you're accentuating the uh, the crispness. But, I mean, if you have frozen glassware with an IPA, I mean, you're dampening down this great expressive right. aroma. So I want to see, uh, when I get the beer served, I don't want to see bubbles on the edge of the glass, bubbles on the side of the glass. I mean, the glass is dirty, and, I mean, it's just the telltale sign on there, too. And I want to see them actually present the beer with the head on it. I mean, so often we think in America that, if we get a beer that's got to be filled to the brim, but I mean, and you're like, oh, you're cheating me out of two ounces of beer in that too, but foam can be an awesome thing. Right. I mean, foam's something that, you know, foam is kind of like a giant net that captures all these great aromatics. And you got this giant out with all these bubbles that pop one by one by one, expressing all these aromas. So why would you not want to enjoy that? So, right. I mean, if I see a glass that's pulled out of a freezer that's... uh you know, not rinsed out, that served me without a head with bubbles on the side. It just shows that there's just not a lot of care. And I mean, that, that's the big problem that we think that beer is everywhere. And then every, if you drink craft beer, you drink IPAs, you think everybody must know about these things. But that's not true. No, that's true. I mean, it's service and service takes time and intention. And I mean, it's some um, and somebody's got to care. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, at most restaurants across the country, so there's just not that uh, there's not that deep attention to detail that you'd wish with a beer service. I yeah. mean, the wine makes the money. Wine and cocktails make the money, and right. beer. You know, you get a glass of wine. It's twelve bucks. Like, okay, that is a twelve dollar glass of wine. What did the bottle cost? And so you're like, okay, I guess wine's twelve bucks, or I guess this cocktail's worth fourteen bucks. But the second you say this beer is worth twelve dollars, like whoa, 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 right, beer right. is a beer's. I can't believe that beer costs twelve dollars, yep. even though. And it's just these ideas. We think there's certain foods and drinks that we think should be cheap. We think dumplings should be cheap, tacos should be cheap, that beer should be cheap. No matter how quality the ingredients are that go into it. 
so all these things are just um it's crazy you know beer is complex and complicated and takes time and i mean why not pay a little extra for something that you enjoy yeah i mean and listen i never have a problem with paying for a good beer if it's and again i like it poured in a glass and poured properly and you're right cleanliness is the biggest issue for, for me if if a glass of beer costs 12 dollars, it better be a good beer for 12 dollars. but i don't have a problem uh, with paying for that what can you what can people do at home though to keep their glasses clean i notice it happens to me all the time uh what what kind of is there a special soap that people can use to keep their glasses clean or is it just you know make sure that you really scrub it properly with the right type you of you know hot water minimal soap you know really? I, yeah i mean you don't want to have You don't want to have, I think so many times we get detergents that are scented with fragrances too. And so you're like, oh, the mountain spring dew, how great my dishes are clean. But you're you're introducing those same aromatics into the glassware as you would as, you know, washing your clothes with this detergent that smells like something. And so I like to have an unscented detergent at home, you know, hot water, you know, hot water, minimal soap, clean it out. And oftentimes, I think um, if you store it face down with a lip down in your cabinet, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, if you're, you know, cabinets are woods, so the smells are going to permeate upward on there, too. Right. So, I mean, just do a little test sometimes. If you have a glass in your cabinet, take it out and give it a whiff. It's going to smell like something. So store it upright and then, you know, like, oh, well, it get dusty. But I mean, like a quick rinse before serving it. I mean, it's totally fine. So, yeah, I mean, you have these glasses stored upright, a quick rinse with water beforehand. It doesn't take an awful lot no. to have a great glassware. And I mean, even if you put things in the dishwater and starting the dishwasher for the cycle out, just, you know, don't let them heat dry, you know, put them in there, minimal detergent again. I mean, we always think that it's this American way of thinking that like excess equals excellence, you know, like a little bit of soap, a little bit of this. And I mean, right. a little bit can go a long way. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Now I want to take a quick break because we've got a lot more to get into uh, in, in the book, including pairing beer with food, how to recognize various hops, and where Josh is going to be appearing with copies of his book and, of course, beer to drink here and around New York City. That's coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's lightly raining in 39 degrees. What's going on? We have The Answer. New York City's annual homicide total is surpassing 300 for the first time since 2016. Lisa Mateo has the details. Through December 22nd, the city has tallied 311 homicides, compared with 290 at the same point last year. It's the second straight year of increases after the city achieved a low of 292 homicides in 2017. This year's total, however, is skewed by at least 27 deaths that happened prior to 2019, but were not classified as homicides by the city's medical examiner until this year. Lisa Mateo, NBC News. News Radio New York. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating after a small plane went down Saturday afternoon on Long Island. It happened near the westbound Southern State Parkway between the Huntington and East Babylon exits, not far from Republic Airport in Farmingdale. The pilot who was attempting to land on the runway was the only person aboard, and there were no serious injuries. In sports, Giants fell to the Eagles 34-17. The Jets did beat the Buffalo Bills 13-6 in the NHL. Devils skated past the Ottawa Senators in overtime. 4-3 was that final score. And the Islanders did triumph over Minnesota Wild 3-1. Traffic delays are minor now at the inbound George on the upper deck. No delays. Lower level Palisades approach. Easy pass customers only until 6 this morning. Lincoln Tunnel inbounds quiet. Outbound the north tube closes for repairs until 5 in the morning. 
and the Holland Tunnel inbound from either approach. No complaints. Outbound Holland looks pretty good. Weather for tonight, rain low around 40s. And then for tomorrow, rain before 3 p.m. And then we'll see some light rain after 3 p.m. with highs 43. Drizzle or light rain on Tuesday before noon, otherwise mostly cloudy, high 45. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno on AM 970, The Answer. Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains a Democrat vote. If you vote for the Democrats, you are voting to allow the cartels to keep making their billions of dollars at the expense of our country and our fellow Americans for a party that wishes to sabotage the economy that we have today. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3 on AM 970. The Answer, brought to you in part by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Whether you need help drafting a will, trust, power of attorney, or health care proxy, their experienced team of attorneys have been helping clients plan their estates for over 30 years. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app, just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news. What it means. Why it matters. Afternoons at 5 on AM 970. The answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Prep Fearcast on AM 970. The answer. We are talking in studio with author Josh Bernstein. He's written a new book. It's called Drink Better Beer, Discover the Secrets of the brewing experts. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. And for more info, you can check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. So, Josh, is it difficult to pair beer with food? And if you're someone who, let's say, you know, doesn't like to cook, I do like to cook, my wife doesn't, what, what are some simple things that you can pair with beer? You can pair anything with beer, I think. You know, we always think and hear that wine is the ultimate pairing of beer, too. But beer is so forgiving. I think there's such a range of flavors that can match with almost anything you can conceive of and, and inconceive of at the time, too. And, I mean, what the, happens with the beer as well is you get those scrubbing bubbles and the carbonation that cleanses your palate and, like, really primes you for another sip right. and another bite. And I think the really cool thing now is we're seeing a lot of beers that, you know, we've got this idea of table wine. You go to a... You go to an Italian restaurant, you get a big carafe of wine, and it's like, just keep on drinking it and don't think about it, too. And so you've got this rise of things like food-friendly table beers where, you know, something that's going to be, it's not going to demand your attention, but something to go along with conversation and consumption. But I think, I always like to look at styles of beer that amber ales tend to get overlooked and are kind of rushed the new and the next and the dry hopped whatever. But, I mean, amber ales are really marvelous. And, you know, classic German lagers work out really well, too. I mean, a Pilsner will just, you know, a German Pilsner, a Czech Pilsner will go with anything or something like uh, Oktoberfest right now for the fall. Like the Meritzen is such a marvelous, it's a marvelous beer. I mean, you think roasted meats, you think hardiness, and it's just, um, it's, a, it's an amazing pairing. It's funny that, that um, I, I, I guess at least I'm seeing some brewers now that are starting to brew more Pilsners and lagers. There's a local brewery by my house in New Jersey, and the uh, brewer just messaged me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, we have our first Pilsner and Lager coming out, which I think is great because I want to see some more of that stuff. I I feel like I'm almost IPA'd out. Like, I love IPAs, but now with the haze and the this and, you know, all these different styles, 
I, I feel like my tongue is like, all right, enough already. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done. You know, like can we move on to something else? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you can only go so far with excess and flavors too. I mean, it's great to go to whatever Taco Bell and get the crunchy gordita seven layer burrito in this, but do you want to have that every single day? And I right. look at you know how many ten percent triple IPAs can you have before you get drunk and your palate is basically bombed into oblivion. So I think sort of, but I think we're at a point now where a lot of brewers have made their point that you know craft beer beer is different. They're feeling. Like, it's okay, I think, to go back to these styles they tended to run away from. I mean, back right. in the uh, you know 80s, 90s, we ran screaming from Pilsners, you know, and loggers sure. because that's what that's what the dominant thing is. You're not going to get somebody to change their mind if you serve them something that's like, it's like, here is your football logger, but better. And I mean, they're like, but yeah, I like right. this one. You need to show people something that's so different. But nowadays, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're going back to some of the classic styles. We're going to see this really push forward, I think. And... The challenge is, you know, there's people think that lagers are easy to brew, and they're not. I mean, we talk about they can't hide behind anything. They're really simple, pure. But, I mean, there's so much nuance. I think the malt level is a level of hops you can really play with. So you're not just opening up the throttle and going 90. You're trying to fine-tune the engine and figure out right. what works here and there, too. And that's what that's what excites me that... I think after a while, once you've gone through all these intensities, you kind of want to explore the subtler ranges, too, that, right. you know, I mean, music's not all, like, crank to 11 all the time. That's true. Although, I do like to crank it to 11. Yeah, well, I mean, go yeah. for it. I mean, like, and this is, and here's the fun thing. If you want to enjoy great big pastry stouts and enjoy yourself and, like, you know, bomb yourself out, that's great. I yeah. mean, this is not a, it's a no-judgment zone. I mean, exactly. whatever makes you happy. But, I mean, I just think that's great that we're exploring new ways of expressing what it means to be a brewer in America. How can someone who is a novice smell the difference in hops, uh, you know, et cetera? Is there a difference? Can you tell one from the other? Yeah, hops are kind of like spices in a sense, too. But, I mean, it's really hard to say that, you know, I could give you broad descriptors and say that, you know, centennial, citrusy, you know, cascade, pine, and grapefruit. But, I mean, you've got to find a way. But until you drink, the beers are exclusively with that hop on there, too, and assign these mental imagery like this flavor profile is pine this one's grapefruit but when you use hops at different i mean it's a pretty complicated story because when the time you pick the hop like impacts the flavor so if you pick a hop earlier earlier in the hop in the picking cycle it could have one flavor profile later on it could be something else altogether and because some, it's matured because it's, it's matured growing, and right. the flavors have kind of evolved a little bit on there too and when you add the hop into the brewing process as well impacts its flavor profile as well mm -hmm. then also how old is the beer too and i mean with these hops these really expressively hop beers what happens is the you know as they mature they don't get worse they just change and so what was sort of really intense in your face is gone so it's really hard for i mean all these hops do have different flavor profiles but they're kind of like it's like a curry or, you know, what makes a curry a curry? And it's a, like a blend of different things all together. Sure. And so you're like, oh, that tastes like a curry. But what does that mean? It's like ginger, galangal, there's um, kaffir lime leaves and all these other things all together. And so brewers kind of use hops in conjunction to say symphony of flavors all working mm -hmm. together in concert. We're talking with author Josh Bernstein. He's written a new book called Drink Better Beer, Discover the Secrets of the Brewing Experts. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. For more info, check out his website, joshuambernstein.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You have a segment in the book on sours, and I was not a sour fan for a very long time, but after I had chemo and radiation, I found that I now, I love them. I love huh. sours. So why are sours such an acquired taste? You know, if you think back to... You know, it's like sour is kind of like bitterness. It's something that it's, it's an intensity on there as well. And I think with um, 
with beer, it's a disconnect. We're often taught that sour equals bad, like, you know, milk's gone sour, something right. sour. I mean, even when we say he's got a sour expression, there's nothing positive about saying <laughs> that something is sour. And sour is also kind of seen as an extreme dare for kids. So you get your sour warhead candy. It's like sour right. blows blows out your taste buds. And I mean, that's what sour has been. But I mean, done properly, sour can have nuance and variation, too. And I mean, the problem is previously that to create a lot of these flavor profiles and beer is a process of intentional contagion with microbes that patiently created these profiles. And then, you know, two factors. So it took a while to make them. Time equals money. They cost more. So people getting into beer may have been sort of like, I don't know, why are you going to spend 15 bucks on a sour beer? I mean, that doesn't sound good. But nowadays, the process called kettle souring, where they can really introduce these things and do it and create sour beers in a much shorter time frame. And it's going to have a much more cleaner sort of like one it's not gonna be as multifaceted as a long age sour it's gonna be a clean sort of like lactic tart note that sings beautifully and goes well with um so many fruits too and i mean we think about i mean if you think about it you got a margarita what is it it's got lime in there too and so we love that but it's lime in concert with something else altogether so we see these sour beers that a lot of the cattle sour beers are using fruits using peaches, using watermelon, using whatever as a way to kind of balance out the sweetness of the fruit. And so you've got this really nice interplay. So sour is not sort of the uh, star of the show. Sour is something that's supporting character that's really helping both these elements work together. That's cool. And I always encourage people, try a sour a couple of times. You might actually you might actually like it as opposed to, go, oh, this is, this is something that I can't drink. Now, you've got a couple of appearances coming up this Tuesday, September 17th. You're going to be at Wild East Brewing and at another event at Milk and Hops on the 19th. Tell me a little bit about both of them. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I've been in New York for a long time when homebrew is just kind of kicking off. So we've been here for almost 20 years now. And so I've watched a lot of the uh, homebrewers gone up from the, you know, from the kitchens opening up their own breweries, you know, KCBC and Bushwick, the Killsboro, all these folks were homebrewers. And I ran these things called homebrew tours where we went to different homebrewers' homes and tried their beer. And really cool that we knew each other and we were all just kind of like on this struggling together to make our mark in the world. And so now they're opening their own brewery. So Wild East is another new brewery that's going to be opening up in the Gowanus section of Brooklyn. So they're not open to the public yet, but we've got them together. So we're going to have an early sneak preview of the brewery, try their beers before they're available to the public. And then also the folks at Finback, which are opening up a space in Gowanus, too. We're going to have them there. They're having a distillery inside there called Halftone. So we're going to have Halftone Gin, then Strong Rope to kind of have it be a community of Gowanus breweries together. So we're going to do that, and that's on Tuesday, then Thursday, Milk and Hops, Ramen Bar on the Upper East Side. That, you know, I think ramen's been this really, you know, we're in a ramen moment right now, I think, mm-hmm. with food. That it's something that's gone from a dorm room staple to being something that's sort of celebrated, worth paying 20 bucks a bowl for. Kind right. of like beer, too, where, you know, it's not just this cheap thing that gets you through the moment that you need. And so... We're going to be at Milk Hops Ramen Bar with a bunch of crazy beers from Aslan Brewing and tons of other really fantastic breweries. So we're going to partner uh, ramen with beer and my book, and I think it's like thirty-five bucks, which is insanely cheap. That's great, and you get the you get the book too. Yeah, and I mean, we're just giving things away now. No, that's a, I'll tell you, that's a great deal. In sixty seconds or less, uh, Josh, my last question: What is, in your opinion, what do you think is the next big craze in the beer world? And I don't mean hard seltzer. Let's see the next big craze, and they put me on the put me on the spot here, Alpha. That's too on there too. But I think you are. I I would not say craze so much as we're going to see a lot more. I mean, hard seltzers out there. We're trying to cycle through the trends. We talked about pilsner. Pilsners right. are definitely become a thing. That's. But I don't know if they're going to set the world 
on fire so much as they're going to be something that's going to gain interest. I would see, think we're going to see continuing blurring the lines of fermentation. So what we're going to see is that and the experience in the tap room. So we're going to see things like slushy machines, ways to draw people in there, get you off your couch, get you off Netflix, get you into a tap room. So they're going to find new ways. And as well, we're going to see fermentations take on new shapes and forms. Anything that can be fermented, hard coconut water, hard green tea, anything all together. We're going to see breweries become broad spectrum beverage companies. And so just that's what's going to happen. That breweries are not just going to make beer anymore. They're going to make anything and everything you can put in your body. Well, it, so- it sounds like fun. It sounds like stuff that uh, that I would uh, enjoy tasting. And who knows? I don't know about the hard coconut water, but eh. it's a little sweet. Yeah. I tried I tried a few of them. It's a little bit sweet, but like... Like agua, like boozy agua fresca is right. anything, anything you can think of as a liquid. Just put hard before it, and breweries are going to make it. There you go. My <laughs> guest has been author Josh Bernstein. He's got a new book. It's called Drink Better Beer: Discover the Secrets of the Brewing Experts. You can order the book right now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. Again, Tuesday, September seventeenth, he's going to be at Wild East Brewing in Brooklyn. He'll also be at Milk and Hops on the nineteenth. You can check out his website, joshuambernstein.com, for more info on that. Josh. Thanks so much for joining me in the studio tonight. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a great day. You got it. Up next, time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher is all in. I am one of the few who's never wavered in my support of Donald Trump. It's real simple. When you know that the alternative to Donald Trump is unthinkable in terms of our nation's economy, our military, our sovereignty... Our borders. This is an easy call. This hasn't been hard for me. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The answer. The staff at AM 970 The Answer would like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. Hi, this is Tony Atwood. I'm a board operator for AM 970 The Answer. I want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a happy, prosperous New Year. Hi, this is Hope Andrade. I want to personally wish you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From AM 970 The Answer. This Christmas... Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. We all know the secret to the best Italian food is the sauce. And no one has sauce as good as Michael's of Brooklyn. Their sauce is made from scratch, using only the best ingredients. But don't take our word for it. Stop at any of your local supermarkets and pick up a jar or listen to the Joe Piscopo Morning Show every Wednesday for a chance to win a whole case of Michael's delicious, authentic, and fresh sauce. You can also enter online at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Good luck. Did you listen to our podcasts? Hear them now on our website at am970theanswer.com.
Oh, that's what I'm talking about. You reach for the golden ring. You reach for the sky. Now, baby, spread your wings. Let's get higher and higher. Straight up, we'll climb. Sing it, Sammy. We'll get higher and higher. Let's leave it all behind. That is fantastic. Sammy Hagar and Vic Johnson, acoustic. Uh, on an al- uh, The song is Dreams, of course, from Van Halen from back in 1986. And the 5150 album, that is Sammy Hagar and Vic Johnson from Little Roast. It's an album they put out back in 2014 where they did a, a number of different Sammy Hagar songs and some originals, I believe, uh, acoustically. Fantastic stuff. Uh, from Sammy Hagar. I know uh, he's going to be touring again with The Circle next year after his uh, Huntington Beach uh, show, car show uh, and rock show got canceled because of permits. And so he said he would do a bunch of free shows across the country to, uh, you know, I guess they were aggregating how many tickets were bought from people in different places. They're going to try and figure out uh, where they can go in different cities and tours. So uh, looking forward to that. And hopefully they come somewhere within the tri-state area because we'd love to see them. Now, this is the final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast for the year 2019. It is, of course, Suds and Duds, but instead of reviewing new beers, we are, I'm going to be reviewing the best beers that I drank in 2019. So uh, on next week's program, obviously, uh, we'll have new beer, stuff that I drank over the holiday. I was off for a week for Christmas, and you know we'll, uh, we'll dive into some stuff that I had over the, um, the Christmas holiday. Uh, but it'll be uh, it, it, right now. These are in no particular order. The ten best beers that I had as I rank on Untapped, um, which you can follow me on Untapped at uh, at Catullo G A T T U L L O. And so, um, what we did, what I did was, I just I kind of picked out not so much by ratings. Anything that is is sort of a four and above is kind of a, you know, for me, is a great beer. Sometimes I'll rate, uh, you know, it's very rare that I give it, I don't think I've given, you know what, I think in the history of using Untapped, I don't think I've ever, no, I shouldn't say that. I think I have given one beer a five. I can't remember which one, but I think I gave one a five. The rest of them usually fall into the four, four, four point two five, four and a half category. Once in a while, somebody gets a four and, and three quarters. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's mostly fours and four a four point two five. So, a lot of the beers that I rated very high are local beers, uh, not so much national beers. So, uh, with again, in no particular order, uh, Treehouse. I first got exposed to Treehouse earlier uh, this past year in January. My neighbor Greg um, does uh, business all over the Eastern Seaboard, so he drives everywhere. And he discovered Treehouse. I knew about Treehouse. I just never had an opportunity to drink Treehouse because they don't distribute down in New Jersey and New York. So uh, what happened was he was up there in Massachusetts. And he says, you know what, I'm going to go up there. He he got a couple of cans. He went with a buddy of his, a co-worker. They picked up some beer and they brought it home. In fact, they picked up so much beer. I think his wife got mad at him because it was like $200-something worth of beer crammed into his his SUV uh, in the back. But anyway... Uh, he brings home a couple of beers. We tried a bunch. And then he said, you know, I'm going to try and go back up there when I can. So I said, all right, great. If you get up there and you can grab me a, a four-pack of something, I'll certainly pay you or whatever. And uh, a couple months later, he was in the area. He ended up buying Hayes from Treehouse. What a fantastic beer. 
I mean, this was just excellent. One of the better IPAs that I've had, and obviously ranking in my top 10 list of beers uh, that I tried in 2019. The other beer that I had from Treehouse, we'll get to in a couple of minutes. Uh, some of the local ones, Morning Bean from Kane, which is a great porter. It's just a fantastic beer. A lot of coffee, a lot of just, you know, just really good uh, roastiness throughout. And uh, another beer from that particular area, Last Wave, which is down in Point Pleasant, and I haven't been to the brewery yet. i got to get down there. They're just, they have weird hours because they, um, they can't stay open super late on the weekends because they don't want to compete with the bars, and especially in the summertime. It's tough to get down there. But now that it's the winter, I'm going to have to make a trip down there to Last Wave. But their right coast is one of the better porters that I've had. I like Kane stuff, but uh, Last Wave knocked it out of the park with their porter. Right coast, fantastic beer. In fact, I had it in Asbury Park on a rooftop as we were waiting to go in to see Blues Traveler, my, my best friend and I, uh, over the summer. I think it was in, was it July? July or August? I don't remember. I think it was July. And <laughs> we never went in to see the band. But Right Coast from Last Wave, excellent porter. If it's on tap, you should definitely check it out. Now, this is a beer that I reviewed uh, a week ago, but made it into my list as one of the best beers that I had in 2019. The hardest thing about parking my electric scooter is double blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, pancake, lassi, goza from Evil Twin Brewing. This is a fantastic beer. I would pour it over any type of breakfast that you make. You make pancakes, you make French toast, you make waffles. Certainly uh, pour this all over that, uh, that breakfast item because let me tell you something. The maple syrup in it is fantastic, but the fruit in this beer, it's so fruit-forward. And and has that puckerness and sourness that you really want. Excellent beer. Great job from the guys from Evil Twin. Um, no surprise that a couple of breweries are on this list. Icarus happens to be one of them. The Carrington event from Icarus, their triple IPA, which I had back in January and ended up buying a four-pack when I was down there in November. That is a fantastic beer. One of the best triple IPAs. And it doesn't taste like a triple. There are certain triple IPAs. The moment you sip it, it kind of hits you right in the face. With that, with the alcohol content, this does not, and that's dangerous because I have found with a triple IPA, especially anything over 10%, I really can't drink more than one if I'm hanging out with a bunch of people. Now, if I'm home, it's a different story, but even then, when I'm home, to have two of those, it's a lot, man. I mean, really, I, I really would have to space it out, like have one, maybe take a break and not drink anything for about an hour or so, and then go back to another one, but to drink two in a row, Dangerous. I'm sorry, but it's very, very dangerous. But the Carrington event, man, Jason, you make a fantastic triple IPA. It's excellent. Uh, Wet Tickets Fully Juiced came out this year. Uh, great job uh, from Alan Tim. A fantastic beer. Their Mexican lot, their Mexican chocolate stout is actually really good too. But since they haven't really put it up on Untapped yet, I'm saving that for next year. So sorry, but you know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a technicality there. But anyway, fully juiced from Wet Ticket, uh, probably the best one of uh, out of the IPAs that Tim has made so far. And I know that uh, the the Galaxy one is out, and and what you know, and their Trolley Hopper, which is a great uh, you know all purpose IPA, but fully juiced. Uh, probably my favorite IPA from Wet Ticket. I could drink it over and over and over again when it's in cans. I love to pick it up. I'll have it on draft, and we're if it's in a bar, it's a great beer. Tim and Al, you guys do a great job. Can't wait for the anniversary party. I know you guys are going to have something special. Uh, Green from Treehouse, another great IPA from these guys. Treehouse makes some great beer, and I am definitely looking forward. I'm hoping in the next couple of months to get up there uh, and do kind of a 
a sojourn up to Massachusetts, maybe a treehouse equilibrium, a couple of other places in Massachusetts. As we continue here, Suds and Duds, the final one on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast for this year of 2019. I'm talking about the 10 best beers that I've drank over uh, the course of this year. This one, I want Bolero to come out with this beer again from Bolero Snout. Uh, this was a uh, collaboration between Bolero and Imprint. It's called Taste the Rain, bro. This beer is liquid Skittles. If you like Skittles, if you're a big fan of Skittles, this is the beer to drink. Liquid Skittles. That's exactly how I'm describing it. It's exactly how it tastes. You will not be disappointed. It's a sour, yes, but it's ta- it tastes like liquid Skittles. If you love Skittles, you're going to love this beer. If they ever put it out again, go get it because it is tremendous. I had a taste of it in Atlantic City, and as soon as it came out in cans, I ran to a store uh, to pick that up. It is an excellent beer. No surprise here, Nitro Regular Coffee from Carton. Now, this was a a variant on their regular coffee uh, where they did it in a nitro and put it in a can. It's very difficult to do nitro beers uh, in cans. But once again, Augie pulls it off with with the Nitro Regular Coffee. Excellent beer. Enjoyed it a lot. It was fantastic. I cannot wait for what they're coming out with, obviously, on New Year's Day. I am sure they're going to have something, and I'm sure I'm going to be taking a trip on New Year's Day down to Carton uh, sometime in the morning to pick up uh, whatever cans they come out with. I'm hope, crossing my fingers that they don't come out with it the weekend before. They usually do it on New Year's Day, so hopefully uh, there is something special there on New Year's Day. And then finally, Killsboro, which I have uh, sung their praises for a while now. Their Reality Checks IPA is a great beer, uh, one of my uh, 10 best beers uh, in 2019. These guys are doing great work. And of course, um, the guys from Killsboro are going to be building a new facility, a bigger, ta- an, an actual tasting room that they will have. They're going to rebrand the restaurant that they have right now, which is called Craft House. And they're going to be doing some different things. So uh, kudos uh, to the guys at Killsboro. They are really doing a fantastic job. And I love the stuff that they put out there. The Reality Checks IPA is a great beer. If you see it around, definitely pick it up. And, you know, again, Follow these guys on Instagram. A lot of times what happens is they post their releases on Instagram. You definitely and you know on Facebook and Twitter too, but Instagram is usually where they do it because there's pictures and you can see what the beer looks like and they give you a description. Another thing, real quick before we get out of here, Source Brewing has done some great work. Um, they have been phenomenal. I'm going down on Monday to pick up uh, new cans that are being released. They do a great thing on how they release their cans. You RSVP and then you go pay for it at the brewery. It makes sense. It's smart. You don't have to pay ahead of time. If you don't pick up your cans within a week, they put them out on the shelf, and you can buy them. You can get access there. But let me tell you something. Last couple of can releases they did, they sold out. Now, my thanks to everyone involved in this show over the past year, including my guest uh, tonight, author Joshua Bernstein, a replay of a, a, a broadcast that I did back in uh, January in uh, in September, excuse me. Uh, the book is called Drink Better Beer, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at six a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>